Thank you for praying into that. <clears throat> I just got a text from Joel this morning, and he has a, there's a showing at three today on their house. <clears throat> if it doesn't sell this week, they're going to take it off the market because they don't want to have all the boxes in there. And then once they move out, then they're going to put it back on the market. So we'll see what the Lord does there. Jehovah Sneaky is working, <clears throat> and he is going to bless them. And so, but thank you for praying for them. And uh, God is good. He is moving us into 2024, guys. Are you ready? Yes. Are you excited about 2024? Can't believe it's here. First Sunday of the year. Crazy, isn't it? I was at the cafe this week, and a, a, a real close friend of the family was at the cafe, and he was sitting down with his 11-year-old daughter. And I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, ah, we're just going over goals for 2024 for my 11-year-old. I was like, wow, that's a good dad. Loves God, and he's trying to help steward his, his little girl's heart. And I know we're entering into 2024, and... Um, some of you have had rough years, some of you have had good years, some of you have had iffy years, ups and downs, all kinds of different things. And one of the words even this morning, you know, that Vi shared with me before service was that uh, you, we, we, we do look back, but we can't focus on what was wrong, but we have to focus on what God is wanting to do. But sometimes you have to look back to go forward. And you have to kind of look at your year and you have to go, okay, God, what are you wanting to do for 2024? And I'd really thought I was going to recap 2023 with the testimonies and all the good things God did. And uh, quickly that message was uh, completely ripped out and uh, he had, had put something else on my heart. So I got a question for you. I'm going to start. I got a question for you right off the bat that I want you to think about and ponder as we move into 2024 is... Uh, how good are you at assessing or evaluating a situation? For example, when Joel bought his house, we went in there and we went room by room and we assessed how much it would cost to fix this and how much it would cost to fix that and determining the value of the house based upon what work needs to be done. I'm sure Khaled and Tabitha have done that. Can I have a witness? And have you found that when you did your house, that costs have been a little more than what you expected? I think Joel and them are around 35% more than what they expected. Even as we went through there and we looked and we tried to assess things, there's just one thing after another. You fix this and you have to fix that. And then you get behind that wall and you find, whoa, that, that needs fixed too. Anybody been there? Done that. Well, yesterday I had about two or three hours window, and we needed to move Joel's refrigerator out of the, out of the kitchen into the the garage because the one they're bringing up is going to go in the kitchen. And I had about just a small window, and uh, I had two deadbolt locks to put in and move the refrigerator. I can do that, hour and a half, hour max, get it, go, boom, baby, we got it. <laughs> Took three hours for the refrigerator. Why, Eric? Because I had to take all the doors off and the hinges, and I had to take the door off. And then when we went to put it through the door, it still didn't fit because we lacked an eighth of an inch. 
So then it goes out the front door. And then in the snow, that's this deep, Karen's out there with a, uh, what do you call those things? Dustpan, scraping snow off the sidewalk. I go to change the deadbolt lock, and guess what happens? The deadbolt doesn't, it doesn't line up. The deadbolt wasn't even working in the garage, and I was changing the deadbolt. And so what I have to do, I have to cut a hole and bigger hole and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How good are you at assessing the problems and situations? Something always comes up. Do I have a witness? How are you? Good are you at examining the facts and making an honest judgment and assessment or evaluation? I've dealt with a lot of contractors. And man, oh yeah, we'll be there three weeks, we'll, we'll be done, oh, we'll be there in three weeks and it's nine weeks before they get there, or it, it, the job will take three weeks and it, it's three months. Nothing goes the way you think it's going to go, does it? Life just has a way of throwing you curveballs. I'd love it. <laughs> Let me ask you another question. How good are you at assessing or making judgments about your spiritual life? Curveballs. How good are you at self-examination? How self-aware are you? I'm not talking about self-condemnation because we have a friend in Jesus and he is not about condemning. He's about moving the ball down the field. Can I have it a witness? He is about revealing things to us. He's about unveiling truth and bringing great things to us because he's our friend. And he loves us. So we're not talking about self-condemnation. We're talking about how good are you at self-evaluating your life? You know, us guys, we're going through this book in our, the, the men's study. And chapter 5 and 6 is really, really tough because you're having to assess your, your, your relationship with your natural father. And you're having to go through, where is my identity? Was it good from him? How about the love that he gave me? How about his pleasure over me? Was it good? And, and what about his, your place? And, 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 and I had to bring Karen into this evaluation process going, because I, I couldn't remember. I, I mean, as I went over my life, I had a really great dad. A lot of people don't have great dads. I have a good dad, but I couldn't remember good things or bad things. It was like, where's the memories? It was like, gosh, but I want to, I, I, this, this study's good because it's, it's forcing me to assess some of my emotional health things inside me. But how good are you at assessing your health? I don't want condemnation. That's not what this message is about. This message today, God is moving us into 2024, and he is going, like Sam said last week, we are going to win. We're going to score. We're going to win. There's going to be great things ahead. I tell you what, next month, you guys don't even realize this, Joel's already planned a Bethel team coming next month in February. We have a Bethel team coming in February. We have a, a mission trip in June to Honduras. We've got all kinds of stuff that's going to be coming down the pike in, in 2024 because God wants to use this house to affect a generation. Can I have an amen? amen? So how good are you at looking where you're at spiritually and assessing your maturity level and where you need to grow? The beginning of the year is a great time to do that. Can I have an amen? amen. I mean, I, here we are in 2024. This is a great time to reassess. It's a great time, like Tom said, to consecrate ourselves again afresh, that we are yours, Lord, we belong to you, and to get things in our priorities re reassessed, amen? That's what a lot of people are doing right now, to reflect on our life, to pause, 
to self-evaluate and to assess because we're going to win some big victories in 2024. Everybody, please say amen. amen. Well, part of scoring in a game is examining how well are you playing the game. When my boys played basketball, I only got to do this one time, but Coach Bennett would bring the boys in and he would show them film. And they would watch film of the other players, but they would also watch film of themselves. And he, the coach would show them the film of how they played because the film does not lie, does it, Abraham? <laughs> you can think you're playing really good or you're playing really, really good defense, but then when you see the film, you go, oh, yeah. You can re- and, and, and what he would do, he was a master at filming. And what he would do is he would show the players, this guy always goes right. He never goes left. Do not let him go right. And he would prepare them for what they were getting ready to face. And that's what a good coach does. He would show them what they needed to work on so that they could get better. The coach knew that our own assessment of ourselves and our own playing, sometimes we can lie to ourselves. Sometimes we can think we're doing better than we are, and sometimes we can think we're doing worse than what we are. Sometimes we're critics and we're in the condemnation side where we're way too hard on ourselves, and the storyline that we're making up in our head is not an accurate narrative. And so whatever side of the ditch you're on, whether you're a narrative over here where you're beating yourself up all the time and God says, oh, no, buddy, you're in this game with me. You're mine. You belong to me. Get off the pity and let's move on. Or whether you're on the other side and you think, I've got things going good. And everybody else is going, you stink. <laughs> I think 2024 is a great time. January is a great time to reassess. Chris Vallotton, I listened to his message this week. He preached it on January 3rd. If you want to go back to it and listen to it, it'd be a great uh, beginning of the year message for you to, look to, to, to listen to. But he talked about how January is halftime for the church. Anybody listen to the message by chance? He said January is halftime. Sam used a scoring kind of metaphor last week, and we're going to win, we're going to score, we're going to do some great things in 2024. Chris was using a metaphor of halftime and how at halftime you come into the the locker room and you get assessed on how the game's going, but you also get fired up by the coach. And the coach tells you what we need to work on and he begins to say, hey, we need to make adjustments here to win the game. And I've been in a few halftime locker rooms when I was growing up. I've been yelled at, but I've also been highly motivated by a coach where you go, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the game. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit's doing right now. We're at halftime. God's reassessing our lives. He's reassessing our hearts and he's saying, okay, guys, I have something to show you. I have something for you and I'm going to do some great things through you in 2024. How many want to sign up for that today? I do too. So let's rewind the film a little bit in 2023 and let me ask a few more questions. How did you do in 2023? I don't want to stay there, but are you closer to the Lord? Is your passion still there? Let's do some fruit examination. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, how is your love? How is your joy? How is your patience, your kindness, your gentleness, your goodness, your faithfulness? And yeah, that last one, how is your 
self-control. Over the holidays, it's glory to God. I'll get a little bit into that here in a little bit on that because I'm going to get a little vulnerable in the journey as we get into the Word of God. But how's your passion? Are you motivated or unmotivated, disconnected or connected, excited, one and more, seeking God, focused? How did you do in last year? But if you're walking with us in the reading plan, we read Luke chapter 8 this week, and even Shelley alluded to it with the woman with the issue of blood is later in the chapter. And as I thought I was going to recap, the Lord kept taking me back to the four soils in Luke chapter 8. And so Luke chapter 8 is a parable that Jesus uses that I think is a real good halftime motivation speech from Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. He is trying to bring a truth to them, and, uh, and it is about assessing the condition of their heart, the soil of their heart. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. If you have an electronic Bible, feel free to get that. And oh, and by the way, we have changed our guest Wi-Fi password. It is now welcome123. Everybody say welcome123. It's a whole lot easier. So, but let's turn with me to Luke chapter 8. And I'm just going to let the word of God teach us today. I'm going to break down the soils. And I'm going to ask you to assess where is your heart at and what kind of soil, <coughs> excuse me, what is the condition of your soil? What kind of rocks, what kind of debris, what kind of thorns and weeds is the Lord wanting to free your soil up so that you can be fruitful and multiply? And so here's the, the, the parable that Jesus does and speaks as he's teaching. While a large cloud, cloud, crowd, <laughs> hey, we'll take the cloud, come on. <laughs> While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it all up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up, with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. I'll take that production. When he said this, he called out, "What? whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. I believe the Spirit of God is saying that to us this morning. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is wanting to say to you today. His disciples asked him, what, is, what does this parable mean? What it meant. And he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. I've underlined that. Anybody want some secrets? Secrets to your rocks. Secrets to your thorns. Secrets to your breakthrough. Secrets to your your call and your purpose, secrets to your motivation, secrets to kick out apathy and to get the fire of God back, secrets, secrets to your depression, secrets to your strongholds, secrets to your, your fear. Hey, guys, you want some more in 24? I want some secrets. Secrets. 
Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. But then he goes further and he says, But to others I speak in parables so that, though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. Let's go a little further. Verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable, Jesus said. The seed is the word of God. Everybody say, word of God. God. Everybody say, "Word word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear the word of God, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy, and when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. Mm, Good stuff, amen? Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would bring revelation to our heart today. Open the eyes of our hearts that we might see what you're speaking to us all individually, that we might mature, and that we might, Lord, allow you to lead us to cleaning up our soil and helping us move forward to maturity and production of a hundredfold in Jesus' name. And everybody said... So Jesus is teaching a very large gathering of people, and he has believers and unbelievers. Now, the word parable, and you know Jesus talk, te- teaches a lot. I mean, much of his teaching is done in parables. I mean, you got the parable of the pearl. you got the, the parable of the, the talents. You've got all these parables that, that uh, Jesus uses throughout the New Testament. And a parable, the word parable means to come alongside. It means to cast alongside. And so there's a truth that Jesus is bringing his disciples and those who are listening. There's a truth he's trying to bring about the soil to people. And he's casting a story alongside the truth so that they would get it. And so that's what Jesus used parables for because they were slow in hearing. And so to help teach people this truth, what he would do is those who had hearts who were open and good soil the story that he would tell, that he would cast alongside the truth, actually produced curiosity, it pr- produced an exploration, and it, and it produced questions. It was like, hmm, like the disciples. They said, Lord, what does that mean? They wanted to know more. Lord, we know there's a truth in here that you're trying to teach us. So it, it produced curiosity, and that's what the Word of God should do. It should create curiosity in our hearts. It, would, it should create this desire to want more, to know more, that, Lord, there's a mystery, there's a hidden gem here that you're trying to show me. That's what the Word of God should produce in us as God's people. Can I have an amen on you? And I love it. I love when I get in the Word, and God begins to highlight things. It's like, ooh, there's something there. It's like when I was reading the book uh, that the guys are doing on Saturdays. It's like, oh, there's something on the pleasure. Knock, 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 Eric. There's something here you just don't know yet. It's like, okay, I'll circle back around, Jesus. I'll circle back around. (laughs) 
The disciples wanted to know more about what the parable was. And so to those who have a heart that is inquiring and, and it, it builds curiosity, it's to reveal truth. But to those whose heart is not open to the word of God, not open to what God is wanting to do, it actually conceals truth. And we want to be part of the camp where truth is being revealed to us, don't we? That's who we are. In 2024, we got to have truth revealed to us. We can't live on the old wine. We can't live on past revelation. We got to be getting new revelation. We got to get new truths. We got to get new understanding of where God's taking us individually, corporately, and as a city. What he's wanting to do. Can I have a man? Amen. But even the disciples did not understand what he was trying to tell them, and, he, and they asked, what is the meaning? But it did spark curiosity and wonder. The word of God should, could, should spark curiosity, and it should spark wonder. It should not bore you. It should not frustrate you. Yeah, you may learn, need, need to learn how to, to, to understand it more. But man, if the Spirit of God is living in you, the Word is discernible. It is understandable. Can I have an amen? amen? So Jesus used parables to spark interest and to draw people into a truth. So what was the truth in the soils that Jesus was trying to bring to them? They represent four conditions of the heart, and it, it represents how we, as God's people, how we receive or respond to the word of God. The soil is showing our hearts in how we respond to the word of God, to not only the preaching of God's word, the reading of God's word, or even the prophetic word that might come forth, how you receive and how you respond to the word of God that comes to you determines where your heart is at. And so we're going to get into the four soils. Lord, what are you doing? So how do you receive and respond to the word of God when it's preached, when it's studied, when it's read, when it's talked about among friends? Let's see if you can find your soil type in this, in these. I kind of broke these down. And... Um, I'm going to make this conclusion, but I'm even going to make this, this, this beforehand. I'm going, to, I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I actually believe you can have all four. When it comes to receiving God's word, whether it's the, through the preaching, whether it's through the reading and studying of God's word or the talking about God's word, I believe you can have all four. And I'm going to use an example of my own life where I fall and I fell into some of these areas. Now, I realize that the scripture on the path, it talks about people being saved. And, 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 I, and I realize there's many, many ways you can preach and teach this passage. I'm going to preach it in the context of us being saved, born-again people, and how we as born-again people receive the word of God. In, 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 in this message, okay? Are you guys good with that? So the hardened soil, the, 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 the seed that was broadcasted on the path where people had walked and made the ground hard, is when people hear God's word or truth, there is no penetration. The wall goes up, no conviction, no need for God, not interested in God's word or truth. 
the heart is hard towards God or hard toward a particular truth in God's word. Or their heart can even be hard toward the one sowing the seed. Many times as a preacher preaches, sometimes people's heart is hard towards the person and they can't, they, they can't, the word can't penetrate. What they're sharing can't penetrate because the person's hard towards that person. This is what I call a calloused or hardened heart or a resistant heart. This person is not listening and is shut down. I'm going to go ahead and change kind of the flow of what I'm going to do. In my, I'm going to go and I'm going to take the example of my own life. So a year ago, a little over a year ago, I began to study, you know, the passage, the, you know, the, the word of God about gluttony. And you guys know I, I started losing weight and I went on a, uh, you know, and, but, but I want you to know prior to over a year ago, my heart was hardened soil towards the truth of God's word when it came to self-control and eating and gluttony. Tom had kind of tried to try to help me in it. My wife had tried to help me in it. But my heart was hardened soil. I was resisting. I was not allowing the word of God to penetrate my heart. So see, we can be any type of soil because it sometimes is based upon the weakness that you are walking in. Maybe there's a weakness in your life and you are really hard to the word of God in that area of your life. Are you seeing where I'm coming from with that? And so it's really important for you guys as I'm preaching and sharing this, God is wanting to take us in 2024 and he's wanting to take the stones out of our heart, the weeds, the, the thorns, and, 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 and those things that keep our soil from being good soil. And so this was an area where I was not good soil. But I began to move. I began to read the word of God concerning scriptures about gluttony and I began to make some shifts in my life. And then I went to what I would classify as a rocky soil in my heart. As I began to move and began to give God access to my life in that area. And the rocky soil is when people hear God's word or truth, they get excited and have an emotional reaction to truth. But their excitement does not last. <laughs> as soon as life gets tough or rough or busy or temptation or maybe your finances get rough or maybe the job's not too good or they have to wait a little longer on some freedom, they stop. They have no root. They have a shallow heart. There's no perseverance, no resilience to push into the truth through the trial or temptation. There is not enough moisture in their soil to, for them to mature, and there's little fruit that comes from their life. And that's what I would do. I would get a revelation. I'd get excited. Yes, I'm going to do this. I'd start working out. I'd start doing the things. And guess what would happen? I'd get distracted, I'd go back, I'd get tempted, double cheeseburger, baconator, please, no, whatever. Nobody else does that around here, do they? Perseverance. I've even seen people in this situation with this where they get excited about a truth and then, then when it, they fall back, then they move on to another truth that excites them and they just keep planting other good truth in them, but they never stay with the truth that God was revealing to them and they never go deep enough to the moisture and they never get the rock that's in the place in their life to get it out of the way so that they can actually be good soil and they just jump from truth, truth and excitement to excitement and they live on highs emotionally, but they're really not growing and maturing in God. 
Maybe you've seen that. I, I've seen it in my own life. They lack perseverance and they lack resilience. They have not taken the time and the patience to get the rocks out of the soil of their heart. <clears throat> and boy, that's really tough, isn't it, guys? Sometimes getting the rocks out of the underneath part of our soil takes help from other people. And then there's the thorny soil. I have a quote here from Skip Heitzig that I really, really like. I like what he said. This Christian has a crowded heart. Everybody say crowded heart. They don't make a clean break from the world. They have one foot in the world and one foot with God. Their friends have worldly values and they are influenced by them. They are torn between two kingdoms and not fully rooted in Christ. I have in my notes, I call these people compartmentalized Christians. Christ is a part of their life, but he's not their life. He's a part of their life when they're at church and when it's convenient. Their growth and maturity is stunted and choked out by the desire of wealth, pleasure, and the cares of this life. They grow for a while, but they are choked and stopped in their growth by the competition from the world. They're choked off by the competition of the world. There's a lot of things competing for your time. These type of Christians, they grow for a while, but they are choked and stopped in their growth like I said, by the competition from the world. Other things crowd out the word of God from their lives. They care about inferior pleasures in the world rather than the superior pleasure of God and his word. Their soil is crowded out by other things, and they have not taken the time to cultivate their garden of the weeds and the thorns. They need to make a clean break from the world so they can mature and grow. You might say, well, Eric, how in that world did that work with your gluttony? Well, over the last three to four months, I've kind of been back and forth between rocky and thorny. <laughs> I've kind of been a rocky, thorny dude. <laughs> Karen and I have been working, getting Joel's house ready, and I get off work, and I'll run to the house, work a couple hours. And things are competing for my time. Good purposes, good, good purposes. Godly, divine purpose. But things are competing for my time. And so out of convenience, what do I do? Convenience has become my friend. The double cheeseburger. Oh, I justify it. I'll go to Culver's and I'll get the, the two-piece fish dinner and I'll take the batter off. I'll get the big double cheeseburger, leave off the cheese, and not eat the bun. And I, I'm watching film. If I bow back and watch the film, I think I'm doing better than I 
was. The film doesn't lie. Yeah, I justify thinking I'm doing better than I'm doing. But what I'm eating because there's competition for my time. Competition for my desires. Competition for the word of God. Competition for the presence of God. Competition and the world is trying to pull at me. Anybody want to say you've been there and done that? Every day, we have to continue to cultivate the garden of our heart, don't we, Tina? How are you doing at cultivating the garden of your heart? I'm telling you, man, we are a, what do you call them, greenhouse? We are a greenhouse garden, guys. It may be winter, but we can grow in the greenhouse. The greenhouse of God's presence, the greenhouse of God's word, the watering and the washing of God's word. Mm. Then there's the good soil. How am I doing on time? Okay. Good soil. This is us. Say, this is me. This person is rooted deeply in Christ and his word with patience. They have perseverance and resilience. They get excited about the preaching and reading of the word of God. They keep the word of God and store it up in their heart. Psalms 119, 11. Our discipleship group has memorized this. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm. Everybody read that with me together. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, the seed is the word of God, and it fell on all four types of soil. And I propose to you, as I've shared my example, that you can be in all four types of those soils based upon a weakness that you have within your life and your heart. And you have to determine where is your soil and what are you going to do about it because we're at halftime and we are in January and we're going to move into 2024 and we're going to take back some land that the enemy has stolen. We've got some kids that need to be reclaimed. We've got some people in this region, in this, in this city that need us full of the word of God. Loving the word of God and able... To be the good soil that if you really want to know the deeper truth behind this thing is that you're supposed to be a farmer. (laughs) That you're supposed to be casting seed. That you're supposed to be broadcasting it along the path. And you're supposed to be doing it at Anderson University. And you're supposed to be doing it at work. And you're supposed to be doing it at the streets and at Walmart and our neighbors. But we're so focused sometimes on the soil, we aren't even worried about broadcasting seed. I'm just trying to survive. Now, we all go through this. This is not condemnation. This is just assessment time. Halftime assessment. How are we doing at winning the game? Are we behind 20 points in your family or are you up by 40? I know if I really work hard, I can slam dunk a basketball, Abraham. A lot of work's going to have to happen there, right? And in the spirit, man, we are dunkers and we are football players and we are an army. Though whatever metaphor you want to say, this city needs us. (laughs) 
How your heart receives God's word and his truth can change based on your soil's weakness and what weeds or rocks are in your soil. And I want to say to you, God has some really powerful truths he's wanting to bring us in 2024. Whether it is you finally getting your breakthrough that Tom talked about from fear, or whether it is a thing that has plagued you for years, I tell you, I, I, I love it. I, on Monday nights, I just I have three guys that I meet with for discipleship, and I love these guys. I mean, they are dear to my heart. And perseverance and persistence and resilience, they have had to push in because I can't tell you how many times the guys come and they all say, I didn't want to come tonight, but man, I am so glad I did. I don't know how many times I've heard, I know women do it in the women's Bible study on Wednesday nights. I, we have got to become a people who persevere even when our flesh doesn't want to come to Bible study. Amen. Even when your flesh doesn't want to come to men's group, even when you don't want to go to higher realm, even when you don't want to come to church. Yes. You heard about the preacher one time that said, yeah, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go to church today, honey. And she goes, honey, you got to, you got to preach. No, I don't want to go today. We all have feelings of not wanting to go. Where do you think that originates? The enemy wants to steal the word of God from your heart. It's your flesh, yes, there's a lot of things involved. But we need some perseverance for 2024. So Jesus uses this parable to get them to discover what does the soil of their hearts look like. That is true. But it was also a call to action. He was calling them to take responsibility for the soil of their heart. And that's what we are going to do in 2024. We're going to cultivate our soil. We're going to weed our gardens. We're going to get rocks out. I know last year it was inside out, and we're still doing inside, and we are still going to go out. But it is all hands on deck. It's move forward. It's, it's win the game. It's score. It's halftime. It's get everybody on the same page. But I want to tell you this. Listening to God's word can be dangerous. Hearing God's word can be dangerous. What do I mean by that? If you don't listen and you don't learn and you don't grow and you don't open your heart to the word of God during the preaching, the teaching, the Bible study on Wednesday nights, the men's study on Saturdays, whatever it is, the discipleship on Monday nights, your heart will grow cold, hard, and resistant. Your spiritual growth is tied to what you do with the seed of God's word. Are you hearing me? Your spiritual growth is tied to how you respond to the seed of God's word. How it sits on your shelf and collects dust or whether your pages are worn out. This word of God was preserved for you 
in the Quaram caves. They were buried because Israel was ransacked. This was preserved for God's people. We have truth. Jesus is the living word. We sang about it this morning. If you don't listen to the word of God and you don't seek to learn and it doesn't bring in curiosity, it's, if you're not like the disciples by going, oh, Jesus, what did you mean by this parable? If it doesn't produce curiosity and a desire to know more, then your heart has become like the path and you become callous to God's word. But you can change your heart. You can change your soil. It only requires repentance. It only requires, oh God, I need, I need you. I'm, I'm turning back. 2024, I am going to make the word of God a priority in my life. I'm going to get back on the reading plan the church is doing. I'm going to get on a one-year Bible plan. I'm going, to, I'm going to get in the women's Bible study. I'm going to get in the men's Bible study. I'm going to start going to youth. I'm going to start going to everything I can in order to get the Word of God in me. I'm going to hide the Word of God in me that I might not sin against you. Are you with me, church? What change does he want to take in you this, this morning as we move into 2024? I'm a coach in the halftime, and I'm saying, oh, guys, we have got to get back into the Word. We're going to win this game in 2024. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. May 2024 be a year where you receive and respond to the word of God. And it creates curiosity. It creates wonder. And it creates a desire to learn and grow. That's what I want for my heart. How about you? Alger sent me a prophetic word. And I'm going to begin to land this plane. Alger sent me a prophetic word by, from Cindy Jacobs, and they had a bunch of, about 200 pr prophetic generals got together in the fall and the end of the year and began to seek the Lord for 20, whoops, sorry about that, you don't want that, can you, there we go, whoops. And they began to seek the Lord on what the Lord was saying in 2024, and there was one part of this prophetic word that I wanted to read to you that I think is relative to even what Tom said about consecrating our hearts, about as we move into the new year, what Chris Valentin said, that it's halftime. And I really felt that this was related to the four soils of our heart. It is time for you to flourish in this season. Say, it's time for me to flourish. Flourish means to grow, prosper, thrive, increase, multiply, and produce fruit. Do not be content with merely surviving. Do not be content with merely surviving. God wants you to flourish. If you are not flourishing, examine your root system. Are there generational strongholds? Are there roots of bitterness? Are there roots of rejection and unforgiveness? Don't bring the old into the new year because it will defile your new season. Don't put new wine into old wineskins. It will defile the new wine. Don't bring the old into the new year 
because it will defile your new season. New levels of revelation will open up to us this year. I believe that. New levels of revelation will open us to this year. As we fall in love with God's word, the truth of God's word, his word is a lamp to my feet, it's a light to my path. Can I have an amen? God is more for you in 2024. It's a halftime. It's a time of pause. It's a time of refocus, reflection. It's a time to get back in the game if you've been out of the game. It's a time to get your tennis shoes back on and you be all in. We're going to score and we're going to win and we're going to fall in love with him and his word in 2024. And I think as a church, it's time to refocus. Let's really do some self-assessment and self-evaluation this week and ask the Lord, God, where is my heart hard? Where is it rocky? Where is it thorny? And what are you wanting to work on this year? Because I want to move in and I want to win big. Who wants to win big in this year? Here's what I want to tell you. The stakes are really high. I don't think we realize how high the stakes are. Because sometimes we're just getting by to survive. But the stakes are high for our nation. The stakes are high for our city. The stakes are high for your children because they're being tempted. The stakes are high for our youth here at New Covenant. The stakes are high for your friends and family. And they need to see you winning the game. Your kids need to see you winning the game. My kids need to see me win. They they, they They need to see me in love with the word of God. As we were singing that song, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And to a thousand generations. Karen and I were talking this past week. We are so thankful for the heritage in Christ that we have as a family. One generation has changed in the Haler household. A generation that was not serving God, but is now serving God. And we were talking about how our legacy will outlast us and our children and our children's children and our children's children are going to be blessed because of what Jesus has done and how we fall in love with the word and we fall in love with him and what he, we've allowed him to do in our hearts. And we are so thankful because Karen and I don't struggle with the same things we used to because the word of God has refined us. We're not perfect. Trust me, we're not perfect. When my boy gets here, you're going to find Joel ain't perfect either, guys. But he loves the word of God. And we all love the word of God. We just got to get refocused back. Are you with me? Stand with me, if you will. Women, I would really want to encourage you to get involved with the Bible study on Wednesday nights. It's just like anything else. 
there's an attrition rate where people begin to fall off. But I want to encourage you women, please get involved in the women's Bible study and get involved in the Word of God. Men, study and fall in love with the Word of God together. Come to the men's study this January 13th. Even if you haven't read the book, come and get with guys who are going after Jesus. Youth, you got to get plugged back into uh, youth. You can't not come. You got to get, you got to be a part of it. Maybe you're here and you need to start a discipleship group. Maybe you need to start a Bible study, all hands on deck. I don't know. Maybe you're not a part of any of this, but you need to be. Get involved in the word of God and letting other people help pour into you. Maybe you need to be a part of the higher realm that meets every other Thursday night. That's going great. Higher realm. Please get a part of stuff. We've got to get the word of God. But this is our action plan. Luke 9, we're going to read and do our hear journals and dig into the word of God. We're going to memorize Colossians 1, 2. But as we end today, I wanted to just show a quick video clip of a halftime. It's called Halftime. And I'm going to pray for us. And so let's. going to do next and that's what I want to leave us with tonight is what are you going to do next <clears throat> what are you going to do next what's your plan and what is the spirit of God putting on you if we could put a little music on I just want to pray for you I feel the presence of God I feel like there is that the Lord wants to impart today a boldness and a perseverance in us as a people. And I'm going to just pray for you. If you need perseverance, maybe you've wanted to quit. Maybe you have been um, in a rough place. I'm going to just ask you to be bold and get out of your seat and just come up here and stand. I know Sam prayed for every one of you last week for the holy fire of God to come on you. But I feel like there's this impartation that God wants to put in you of perseverance, of resilience, of not giving up, not being a quitter, that it's halftime and it's time to reassess where you're at and it's time to really refocus on the word of God and fall in love with the word of God and Jesus is the word. And if you're here today and you've been struggling in the word of God, I'm just going to come and I'm going to break things off of us today. I'm going to break things off in the name of Jesus. I just feel the Lord on that. And if so, if you're, if you're here today, go ahead and line up. If, you, if you're struggling in the word of God, if you're struggling in the, in being, in the wonder of the word, in the awe of the word, or understanding the word, or, or, or you're just struggling with the word of God, I'm going to do a group prayer. But as you step forward in faith, God is going to meet you where you're at. There is going to be an impartation and a breakthrough. And, and I'm going to just pray for you as God leads me. But come up forward. Just, just, just move towards the Lord when it comes to the word of God and being seed, letting the seed of God's word penetrate our hearts.
Thank you for coming forward. All of us go through seasons where we struggle. But 2024, we are in a place now where God is wanting us to refocus our affection. So if you would, just put your hands up kind of at a, a receiving posture. I believe the power of God is going to break in for you today. I believe that the Lord is going to to break off apathy and confusion. I even see right now almost a cloud over some of your guys' heads where every time you, you open the word of God, it's like the cloud shows up and the fog comes around and like this confusion. And Father, right now, if that's you, God, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I command that deception and a cloud of confusion come off now in the name of Jesus. Say, that's mine if that's you. Say, I claim that in Jesus' name. Leave me now, confusion go. Tell it to leave. Tell that shackle to get off of you. If you're struggling in the word of God, say, I will struggle no longer. I command that shackle to get off of me in Jesus' name. Some of you are even struggling with falling asleep as soon as you open the word of God. You get so sleepy and you get so... where you, can, you, you just want to fall asleep. If that's you, I want you to help me and engage against that spirit of apathy, that, 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 that spirit of slumber. I come against that in Jesus' name. It was prophesied earlier today that there's going to be shackles come off people's feet. Father, I come against that sleepy spirit, that slumbering spirit right now. God, break it off in Jesus' name. We break it off. Say, take authority over it right now. Say, I break it off. I break it off. I come against it in Jesus' name. I command you to leave me now. Leave me now. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. In Jesus' name. Father God, I just declare over your people right now a perseverance, a not quitting, a tenacity, a a, a resilience, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, for, for boldness in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come against quitting easy. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> oh, if you've had a problem with quitting easy, if you've been easy, throwing in the towel, you can't take stuff and you give it up, you give it up easy. I say no in Jesus' name. Say, get off of me. Get off of me. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Apathy, you're gone in Jesus' name. Leave God's people now. Leave in Jesus' name. Father God, I just declare an impartation of boldness right now. Raise your hands. I declare an an increase of boldness. I declare an increase of of perseverance, of a not quitting attitude, of God, you doing what you supernaturally can do in your people. I see cords. Lord, I just cut off the cords in Jesus' name. Uh, Past family strongholds where where the family has quit sports. They've quit things early. They've quit class. They've quit school. They've quit things. Lord, we come against that quitting spirit, and we bind it in the name of Jesus, and we say, push. Push through in Jesus' name. Push through in Jesus' name. 
And Sam, if any of you from the prophetic team are getting anything in, the, in Cincinnati discernment in the spirit on things we need to break off, please let me know. Father God, we love you. Say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I consecrate myself to you again today. I consecrate the word of God to my heart. I will hide it in my heart. I will study it. I will learn new ways of studying it. I will persevere when it gets tough. I will not quit when it gets tough. I will fall in love with your word, God. I thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a light to my path. And Father God, I love you and I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for breakthrough this morning. I thank you, God, that there is going to be something different in each person that has come forward by faith. Lord, we're here desiring touch the hem of your garment. We're here, God, desiring your heavenly truths. We're here, God, because we love you and we desire you. So, God, we this morning surrender to your lordship again. And we say, Lord, here we are. 2024 belongs to you. Lord, we yield our lives to you, Father. And Father, we thank you for your precious word. 